0: Pairing Biblical Insight with Public Agreement with Cameron Trimble on Part Two of the Idolatry of Gun Violence in America on Episode Number Nineteen of the To Be Encouraged Podcast with Bishop Julius C. Trimble.
1: What we can do, um, and I think, especially if we start both with us and then in the church and, and the word there is, is pair God's word and pair some of uh, some of those base baseline thou should not kill and, and so many of the I would say some of the base scriptures and, and word that we have and pair them with agreement.
0: You are welcome to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Bishop Tremble is on a mission to encourage you with the love of Jesus Christ so you can rise to your highest potential. On to be encouraged, Bishop Tremble speaks to a discouraged world with a good word on the pandemic, racism, the environment, human sexuality, and the state of the church with a focus on centering your life on the love of Jesus Christ. Has there ever been a more needed time for an encouraging word to our world? This is your time to rise to your greatest potential and to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Hello, good people, and welcome to To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. This is a podcast where we tackle some of the tough issues that are discouraging in our world with a good word from Indiana, United Methodist Bishop Julius C. Trimble. And I'm Reverend Dr. Brad Miller, the co-host of the podcast. I'm a retired elder in Indiana. We tackle some of the tough problems that are going on in our world and in our church. And right now, we're talking about uh, gun violence, particularly the idolatry of gun violence in America and response to that. We have a special guest with us today here on uh, here on episode 19, uh, which is part two of our conversation, Cameron Trimble, who's Bishop Trimble's son. And he and Bishop and I are going to have this conversation about a prophetic word from the Bible about gun violence, and then Cameron particularly is going to direct us towards some things we can do in our local churches and as individual Christians, and brings us to a little bit to bear of a marketing standpoint. and And he comes with us with a vast experience in, the, in this in this area. Uh, Cameron is the uh, executive of vice president with Pre- with dot uh, com which is a Washington, D.C. firm dealing with uh, politics and campaigns and nonprofits and other aspects of communicating uh, of causes that matter. And he has particular uh, emphasis on working with to drive uh, focus of clients seeking to create impact for, to, to diverse uh, audiences and communities of color. And he has a background also as the White House Director of Digital Engagement, which is where he served before this position. And he worked uh, with uh, just a lot of great uh, folks in helping to get the word out into uh, into uh, communities of color regarding the campaign of President Biden and it's serving um, in this capacity as Director of Digital Engagement uh, with, uh, with President Biden. And so what I'm getting at here, he has background in marketing, in digital uh, digital marketing, and in political communications and in communications, which is going to serve us well. And we need to learn from people like this. We need to learn from people like this to apply it to our churches because we live in a time when we have to be wise. We have to be uh, we have to be uh, cognizant of what the world is all about and to speak to it. So it's been a thrill to have uh, Cameron Trimble, with us here on this podcast this conversation we're going to pick up the conversation where bishop tremble is going to talk about the prophetic word and about indeed about how guns have become an an idol in our life as well then we're going to get into some of the conversation from cameron and i want you to really listen closely uh, to that about things you can do in your local church setting to uh to speak to biblically the issue of gun violence in america and Look for places of agreement in, in the public and in public policy that can be uh, applicable to our particular situations. I think you're going to love this episode. Uh, remember, you can always uh, help us out by, uh, by going to uh, Apple, Apple Podcast and uh, following the podcast there and liking us there. But right now, let's get into this conversation with Bishop Julius C. Trumbull and Cameron Trumbull about the idolatry of gun violence in America. Let's begin. Bishop, what's your thoughts on this? Obviously, you, you united with other uh, leaders to speak, uh, to call for a special sex, uh, session of the Indiana legislature to deal with recent uh, uh, legislation regarding uh, uh, loosening of gun uh, gun restrictions. But what do you think could happen in the local church or the local Christian or that pastor? out there looking for some leadership and direction about this area or particularly if they see, I'll give my quick, my quick uh, personal story, went to our local uh, 4th of July celebration last weekend. And I saw probably there are about 4,000 people there. I saw probably half a dozen people carrying firearms there and it just scared me. Okay. It just did. Uh, Bishop speak to this issue here about what a local church pastor or church can do.
2: Well, I think uh, first thing I think, you know, I, and I don't, I don't mean to, it sound like a broken record, but I, but I am. I think the first thing we should That's always true. do is pray. Uh, but af- after we pray, as if we said, as recently after the Uvalde shooting, a lot of people were saying thoughts and prayers are not enough. But I think I pray. I don't just pray for victims and pray for, for God to do, God to do what only God can do. I pray for God to give me the will to do what the things that I ought to do. One of the things i think we ought to do is as people of faith and particularly in united methodist tradition is not to put press the mute button on our mm, prophetic okay. witness so we have a prophetic responsibility uh, even in our general rules to do no harm to do good stay in love with god so we have to discern what does that mean uh to to not to press the prof, the mute button on our prophetic witness well Hey, let's go to the Bible. How about what that? a thought? In what a Exodus, thought! Okay. Exodus twenty, the first. Yeah, the first thing God says is, "Thou shalt have no other god before me." God, God is a jealous God, and so part of the issue I see with gun violence and other issues, so social issues, uh, are that we have become, uh, guns have become an idol god. Guns have become and I'm I'm am I'm I'm, I'm I'm, part of a family where. Many of my family members. I'm not telling you what I have or don't have. Just don't break in my house. But I'm just saying I'm not a person who says that people should not own guns or have the right to own guns. But I think that in our country, unlike uh, that, that, that guns have become an it's yeah. an it's idolatry wow. that, that we that we have not we now we now, now expanded our understanding of the Second Amendment to mean uh, a, a right without any restrictions. Of course, when that was written, you know there were mu- you had a musket. It took you took you five minutes to load your gun, to load your rifle, in order for you to fire fire one shot. So I think number one, have 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 our sense of ownership and our right to do what we want to do now superseded what God intends for for us to do. And I wrote about it. Uh, I think it was I can't remember which shooting it was after. My article was straight from Exodus twenty thirteen. What does God say about thou shall not kill? So um, and I, have fam- I have family members who, who say, you know, who, who will say, yeah, the only thing that can stop a bad person with a gun is a good person with a gun. So, uh, that, you know, if you take that logic, that means everybody has a gun and then everybody ought to be an expert in using the gun as well, which according to our law enforcement professionals say yeah. that's just not going to happen. And I, I can, for the life of me, I think most of our most of our limitations in the church are self-imposed. It's not because the, the book of discipline in our faith tradition prohibits it, or it's not because the Bible doesn't give us guidelines for how we should act. It's we have we have we have embraced the culture so much that we have stopped using our voice to speak on behalf of children, for example, in the shooting in Highland Park many of the students just dropped to the ground when they that according to at least what i read is because they had some of them had recently been through active shooting uh uh what do you call them uh drills in school and you remember when we were, used to be in school we had fire drills you remember fire drills so so but now the world the world has changed so much so as far as the, the church goes i think we cannot we cannot uh just uh uh stand by and watch what I think is unbridled
0: idolatry. Yeah, I love what you're saying about the idolatry and about having a prophetic word. And Cameron, I want to talk to you for a minute about how we get this prophetic word out. I want to call upon your marketing expertise. You know, you've been involved with. Uh, very successful marketing programs, especially on the, on the Biden-Harris campaign. A lot of folks responded to the things that you worked on in that area. And now you're involved with this in the company that you work with now. But, you know, we have this divide in our world right now. we got some folks who really are adamant in one area. We have other people adamant in another other area. And it's going to take some convincing or some persuasion there. What do you think are some of the things that we can do in a practical way in order to change people's minds move people to action that are practical pragmatic that we can do
1: i think the thing it it starts in a place of of agreement um in words of agreement and reassurance i think we are now we have we have passed the time where you can just simply tell give people a bunch of st- statistics about gun violence and people have heard it or and if they haven't heard it they're not trying to hear it what we can do, um, and I think, especially if we start both with us and then in the church and and the word there, is is pair God's word and pair some of uh, some of those base baseline "Thou should not kill" and and so many of the I would say some of the base scriptures and word that we have, and pair them with agreement and say, hey, we all are focused here on 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 peace and life and the ability here to continue to, to, to live and thrive with our personal families um, and then start to push from that point. I think uh, more specific tactics in the sense of how do we start pushing for something that, like I said, most people agree with, even if, even if the church just got behind background checks, which again, I, I understand, especially those who are truly impacted by gun violence, realize doesn't solve everything but people need to see some sense of accomplishment or some sense of uh, of coming together around something to be able to push for something and that 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 gets us there
2: was that was that was that included in the recent legislation that passed
1: it was not unfortunately the the recent legislation that passed um and the, and the president is actually doing uh um, it's going to be doing a large event uh, at the White House with victims from some of the the biggest, and largest, most recent mass shootings. Um, it, it closes a few. Li- the, you're, the legislation you are referring to um, is the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act um, yes. that that was recently signed into law, which is which is a step. It's not it's not the entire step, but it's a step. But it closes things like the domestic violence law loophole. Um, which people who are convicted of a domestic violence crime um, from from getting the from getting firearms, um, and then some money, a little under a billion dollars, to, to for states to implement uh, crisis intervention programs, uh, and a few other things of that nature. But I would say getting behind some common sense things, whether it's that whether it's say hey we don't need this many bullets on the street and people do not have need to be able to access this many bullets and and say can we work toward can we as a church work toward limiting the amount of bullets that people can shoot and making sure at least everyone who owns a gun has to go through some level of background check i think one of the biggest things that as a quick marketing note that has tested well over time is that i have to go through extensive background and get a license and so many things to drive a car, which is also both is a convenience, but very dangerous. And when you look at accidents and, and deaths and car deaths, is that and can, can we put some of that same thinking and information behind to, Hey, we just want to make sure this person is not been convicted of a crime is not a risk to themselves or others, or has a proven criminal record
0: what do you what do you think, uh, Cameron and Bishop, about uh, kind of public events such as I know uh, Cameron, you're involved with uh, the March for Our Lives. At least we're uh, aware about that. How's that a part of what we're talking about? You know, public displays of um, of interest in policies and I'd say the public
1: displays of interest serve a couple purposes. The biggest one is a it is a show of force, both not to just elected lawmakers. But also to to other people that may that that may want to join, but they may they may not be as inclined as, as as church leaders or church folks to get to get out there. But when you see others, it's it's the act of positive reassurance and, and positive reinforcement. When you see others stepping up, it encourages or at least gives the strength to others to, to be able to also add their voice. I would say the thing that the church can do, given that you have such Uh, You have such a national connection, but you really have a local community focused with a church is a pillar of its local community, wherever we are, Indiana uh, or across the country. When you're able to and as I said at the beginning, when you're able to impact your local, your local city, town and state legislative bodies, Mm -hmm. they react and move a lot quicker. It doesn't if you get a few hundred people together to consistently show force in a town say in Noblesville Indiana or, or Indianapolis or in Cleveland Ohio where I'm from or even even smaller suburbs or, or towns there but you're able to show I can get a 100 people a couple hundred people out there those people are only elected by a couple thousand votes they realize if a few hundred people show up at our city at our at our uh city hall um Oh wow, this is actually gonna impact this is A, there are probably a lot more people who could make it. So this is the the thinking of a large part of my community. And I'm I'm more apt to listen and be able to push. And then the other thing I think the church can really do in terms of those those public displays is continue to showcase them and really push them out across digital and social media. we're That is the beauty of being able to be connected over online across all these various platforms, is that now other folks from around the country that may not be there, but they may wanna send their support. They may wanna send their dollars. They may wanna understand what you all did here in one community and say, you know what? I can use that as a blueprint on what I can do in my community. So I would say, yeah, those are the two things.
0: To ask you one more thing that I want to give Bishop kind of the last word in our conversation here, but I always like to ask the question, Cameron, and every time Bishop and I get together for a podcast, and the theme of this podcast is to be encouraged. You know, we live in some discouraging times with all the things we've been talking about here today, when loss of life and some crazy legislation as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but what is encouraging to you right now in the topics we've been talking about? What gives you a note of encouragement?
1: I'm always encouraged by the Lord. I mean, and even in the darkest times, I, I I lean on I lean on my faith. I lean on the Word. I lean on I lean on history. Uh, so I, I'm always going to have a, a bright and positive outlook, even if even if that even if that goal is not reached for for some time off, I'm always going to be encouraged. But I understand everybody doesn't have the level of faith or as as strong a faith as I do. So I think what actually encourages me more is that this is a conversation. The legislation that did pass and was signed into law by the president encouraged me. It encouraged me more of the fact that in the face of so many things that happened, at least something got done, not a lot. I'll be the first to admit it is not a lot. But it's something that happened and there's there's conversation there. And then also the thing that is encouraging and what I think is is missed in some of the national headlines, as I mentioned, I, being able to I went on a, a 100 plus city tour the summer of 2018 with the March for our lives students. Uh, I, I rode the bus and we popped out two or three places in almost in over 25 states, cities and big cities and small towns. And I got to see. Groups of five to eight thousand down to a couple hundred in churches, local community centers who stood up and over 60 different local and state laws were passed um, coming out of that summer, coming out of that summer um, that were passed um, to, to help curb and end gun violence. It didn't maybe get all the national headlines. But it encouraged me to let me know that there's progress.
0: Bishop, wrap up our conversation here. Anything you want to ask uh, Cameron about? Wh- what's your last word? So I just want to just
2: make sure I got my facts right. Cameron, the, the, you mentioned the March for a Lives Buster. So those laws, these were students, am I correct? Weren't these high school students? Who were high school like and college students. These aren't celebrities that we you know, know about or the, uh, elected officials. These were students who were actually driving driving this change that did take place of uh, this movement in the 20, whether well, it's still going on now, is that correct? Yeah, so, so I, I'm encouraged, uh, Brad and, and Cameron, I'm encouraged by, by the fact that there are always people who are, uh, who are hope torchbearers, They're torchbearers for hope, who, who, are, who are ambassadors for change. Um, and this has been true throughout history, whether it was apartheid in South Africa or the civil rights movement. Often it were children and young people who brought about change. Of course, we think of the big names of people historically, and we quote them often. But it's a lot of the unsung people who were bringing about change throughout. For I, I'm hopeful because I think about if I were a local pastor in a United Methodist Church or any church, uh, you know, where would I lean into? If I was in Indiana, I'd lean into the fact that at our annual conference we celebrated children matter most. They gave what I thought was a very impactful. Response at an annual conference addressing trauma uh, in our communities and addressing most people would agree, even in our small towns, you know that our children should be able to go to school and be safe. Uh, I don't think you get people that will speak against that. How that happens So you know, I, and I've said this on more than one occasion: a child shouldn't have to pretend to be dead in order not to come home in a body bag. And so, what happened in Uvalde and what happened in Sandy Hook and what's happened in schools and and places all across the country, we should just declare that as unacceptable. Uh, and if we start from that vantage point, you know, uh, while we we might be in places, a lot of our communities, Cameron, our communities, where people maybe have the diff the other, they they lean more on the other side of the argument that you know our the, the right to own arms, uh, uh, you know, triumphs over all other rights. And what I've argued uh, is that, uh, that that's just really, hmm. we've come to a point where that's just idolatry, you know, where we, we, we have abandoned the, 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 the Moses' uh, message from God that, that God is to be put before everyone else and, and the commandment that thou shalt not kill. And I certainly don't want to leave without saying that obviously all of the commandments are important, including thou shalt honor thy father and thy mother, there you, God, go. days there you go. These might be like since I have my son who's on, I want to make sure, yeah, all could, of those. We couldn't get through the whole conversation, but well, at least is. some sort of father-son,
0: uh-huh. son-father <laughs> moment here, and uh, and, and what, what a way to what a way to conclude <laughs> yeah. our time together here. Just to, yeah. what a great <laughs> opportunity and privilege it's been to be a part of this conversation. Thank you. Uh regarding some things that really matter, some things that really matter in our world and our churches. You know, there's evidence. There are evidence based solutions. Everybody says
2: nothing can be done. I'm not an expert on this, but there I can't remember what university it was from, but there's a professor, it's a psychology professor, a brain analyst, who's done studies and said that persons until your brain till you reach the age of twenty five, there's certain decisions that, that you have a harder time making in a time of crisis. So his argument was that if we raise the, the age from 18 to 25 before a person could buy an assault weapon, I, I'm, I'm in favor of banning all the assault weapons. He said that if you look at the statistics of those who've actually utilized assault weapons, in, even in these mental health situations or mass shootings, they've tended to be within an, a certain age range. His study, this is, a, again, evidence-based solutions, was that, if you understand really the development of the brain and so forth that, that, that when, when, it's, when it's time to make decisions uh, that we're not capable of making certain decisions to reach a certain age. Some have argued about well you know if you're 18 you can serve in the military. I've talked to military many of my family members who served in the military say, well you know you, you, you have an assault, but that weapon doesn't even belong to you. That's government property. So if you're, if you're in the military, that the weapons belong, don't aren't your weapons, you don't take them home on the weekend, uh, uh, you know, for your own usage. So I think they're evidence-based solutions. One one Congress who's no no one's going to follow his recommendation was there would be something like a thousand percent tax on like we we put taxes on cigarettes, and the higher we put taxes on cigarettes, it reduced the, you know, the the, the consumption and so forth. But uh, so I think evidence-based solution, but but as far as from the theological and pastoral perspective, I think we ought to to embrace the notion that we should be able to live in peace and prepare for the common good. And no child should have to go to school uh, and be afraid to play in the playground.
0: Living in peace should be just kind of standard, shouldn't it, especially for those of us who follow the Prince of Peace. So it's been a real honor and privilege today. Cameron Treble, our special guest today, on the two, on the To Be Encouraged uh, podcast with Bishop Julius Trembel. And uh, Bishop, would you like to close us with a prayer here uh, today? Then we'll close our podcast.
2: I'd be glad to. And a blessing to those who who will be watching us uh, and those who listen to the podcast. You know, you, sometimes we're looking for a sign. This may be your sign that God loves you. Uh, there's nothing you can do about that, but receive that love and God forgives you. Lord God, we just ask that you bless those who are, uh, Uh, who have participated in the podcast and, and those who will receive this podcast through the various platforms. We just ask that you, in these difficult days, grant us joy and peace and optimism and let us be the change that we want to see. And we pray all of this in the strong name of Jesus Christ,
0: our friend, our liberator, our savior. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for listening today to the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Trimble and our special guest today, Cameron Trimble. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. This is the podcast that helps you to have an encouraging word for a discouraged world. Consider yourself encouraged and appreciated for listening to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Now, Please share the blessing and encourage others in your life to listen to Be Encouraged. You can do just that by pointing your people to the website tobeencouraged.com. That's T-O-B-E-E-N-C-O-U-R-A-G-E-D.com. Or connect through Apple Podcasts where you can follow, rate, and review To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. When you do that, you're doing your part to bring a good word to a discouraged world. Remember to listen next week, to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble, and never forget, God loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it.